Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along. I'm Ian Brannan. It's all hotting up in each of British Speedway's leagues. In the Premiership, Wolverhampton's table-topping hopes hang in the balance after they were beaten 48-42 by their closest rivals, Peterborough. That is one of the results of the season for the Peterborough Panthers, who win by six points away from home at Fortress Montmagree. We'll hear from Rob Lyon and Peter Adams, Chris Harris and Sam Masters. Meanwhile, the National Speedway Stadium a win for Bellevue. Are they hitting form at the right time? We'll find out from Mark Lemon, the Bellevue Director of Speedway, and Kings Lynn's top scorer, Connor Mountain. We'll also hear from Jack Holder, ahead of a busy time for Sheffield, who faced Peterborough twice in five days. Special spotlight, though, on the championship this week. Our special guest with us throughout the episode is Peter Fasena of the Glasgow Tigers. Looking at what's involved in running a championship speedway team, and also his hopes on how the future is going to look for the Glasgow Tigers, both this season and looking ahead to next year as well. They have to face up to Leicester this weekend. We'll hear from Ryan Douglas. We'll also hear from Bjarne Pedersen, who called time on his championship career at Ashfield last weekend. Plus, looking ahead to the British Under-19 final at Scunthorpe on Friday, we'll hear from Leon Flint and the defending champion, Drew Kemp. All on the way on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along then. There's lots to get through this week. And first of all, let's introduce our special guest uh, joining us throughout the episode. He is Peter Fasena of the Glasgow Tigers. Now, Peter, I've been looking online to try and find your correct title. And uh, when you look at reports in the Speedway Star, you've been called the boss. You've been called the chief. You've been called the supremo. Um, what, what, is your, what is your official title? I don't... I t- I don't really have a title. I'm, I'm a director of the club. Uh, we, you know, it's not just me. It's myself, my, my family, my father, my brother. So we we all play our part. So we don't really have a, official titles, if you like. We're kind of 
uh, jack of all trades we'll, we, we, we get involved in lots of things and it's not just us it's the, the support team round about us as well so so I'm a, a director of Glasgow Tiger Speedway you, you might say it's, it's great to have you with us and thanks for joining us this week on the podcast I just want to go back first of all to before the start of the season I was looking at some of your comments from February March kind of time where we didn't really know what Speedway would look like in 2021 at that point we didn't know if we'd have a season of any kind and obviously that was the hope and you were planning there on the assumption we would get somewhere um looking back at that just talk us through some of the challenges that you had to to get to the tapes and and how you feel the season's gone for Glasgow Tigers so far well yeah it was a very challenging time you know we we had to start behind closed doors I know some of the other clubs down south were restricted in terms of what numbers it could have been and you know how the, the fans were segregated throughout the stadium but for us it was it was starting behind closed doors we were able to do a, a live stream but it didn't replace having fans in the stadium either from a you know atmospheric point of view or a financial point of view so it was a challenge um you know we we on the track certainly we started really really well and things were things were growing great great uh, up until Ulrich got injured uh, at Edinburgh sadly uh, and that kind of knocked us back a bit and then we've subsequently made some changes so so it really was quite a challenge for us, but it's 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 good that the whole sport was able to to go ahead because I think at times, you know, whether it was a third lockdown coming or whatever, there was still question marks over whether whether we would be able to complete a full season. So it's great that that, that all three leagues have been able to to do that. And in terms of the the importance of getting the fans in, of course, it's important for the atmosphere, but also important for the for the bottom line, isn't it? To to be able to have the the fans back in the stadium and in, in a fairly unrestricted way as well, which is what's really kept Speedway going across um, the country from say June July when when restrictions really started to ease, certainly in England, and and we've seen that some clubs have still struggled even despite being able to have the the crowds in there. Just tell us about the importance of the cash flow really in, involved in running the club and how important the, the fans coming through the turnstiles are to the to the, the day-to-day lifeblood. Yeah, I mean, it's everything, in, you know, from, from our perspective, um, we are not quite at the fan levels, even though the restrictions are gone, we're not quite at the levels we had pre-COVID in 2019 because I think, you know, whether some people are still worried about going to mass events with, with the recent spike, I'm not sure, but... As the lifeblood of any club is, is its income clearly, and, and the main part, you know, certainly for those in the championship that, that don't have any TV revenue, is making sure that you get fans through the door. And it's it's clearly been a struggle for most clubs. You know, we are very fortunate that you know because of the company that sits behind the Glasgow Tigers and Allied Vehicles, um, cash isn't really a, as big a, a deal for us in terms of cash flow. But for other clubs, clearly it's it's a challenge because it's it's kind of hand to mouth a lot of the time in terms of paying your your riders and paying other expenses that you've got every week, and it's vital that you get those crowds in, and that's why really we've seen some struggle uh, some struggles from some clubs uh, that are sadly you know in, in Eastbourne's case have gone, and as a couple others that are clearly uh, having challenging times, have had challenging times, and continue to have challenging times. So it is vital that we get fans through the door and that we continue to to grow the sport and. Um, increase the, the fans that are, that are there. And as we move away from 2021 and, and everything that we, we that, that's happened and we said right at the start of the season that really it was about survival and getting through this year, uh, as we move in towards 2022 and uh, a chance to reevaluate where we are, what would you hope to see? How would you like things to, to be in British Speedway as we move uh, in towards next year and into the future? 
Um, I think um, that we need to be quite radical. You know, clearly there is there are there are some challenges um, around you know some clubs. So I think we need to think outside the box and come up with something that fans can get behind. And we just don't want. To. I mean, ultimately, the fundamental product is good, uh, assuming the tracks are good. Um, you know, in terms of you know the racing can be very exciting. You know, we want to clearly that's part of it. We want to keep that. But around the periphery of the rules, we want to make it. I think we want to keep it really simple. Uh, for fans, I think it needs to be simple to understand uh, as we move forward, and um, you know, want some exciting teams, exciting riders, whether that's you know young British youth coming through, because you know British riders will always make it, especially with the challenges now around Brexit. You know, if you can get a British rider who can fill that spot, you're always going to do that now over over a, a kind of European based riders. But equally, we don't want to. And close the door on European riders because we need more riders in this country. You know, it's it's you know everyone bemoans the doubling up, I suppose, but you have doubling up because there aren't enough riders. And um, so we want to bring more riders into the country as well as bring the British youth through. So, you know, I just hope we can get something that's um, you know keeps the basics there, but also you know think outside the box and something that's maybe a bit different or that fans can get behind um, that can be exciting as we move into next season. Peter Fasena of the Glasgow Tigers with us this week on No Breaks, No Fear. More from Peter throughout the episode and a special focus on the championship in part two. First, though, we're going to have a look back at the action from Monday night. The Premiership's top two faced up to each other. Wolves 42, Peterborough 48 and Wolverhampton's table-topping hopes hang in the balance after they were beaten by their closest rivals, Peterborough. Watching was Nigel Pearson. Well, what can we say about Peterborough? That was a terrific performance uh, at Wolverhampton. And everybody in the Peterborough side did a wonderful job. And Rob Lyon, you've got to give credit to the team manager as well for juggling his rider replacement outings and switching reserves at the right moments as well. Um, I just felt that they had too much strength in depth and they came on strong when it really mattered most. Wolverhampton, you know, they still made pretty effective use of Rory Schlein's rides. Of course, Rory out with COVID. Um, getting eight points from his four programmed outings is not too bad at all. Uh, but obviously, there's seven rides that you can give a strong reserve like Hans Anderson. Uh, is so effective for Peterborough and that will stand them in good stead for the playoffs. I personally feel now they will go on and finish top of the table. I personally feel they will get something from Sheffield away on Thursday. I do believe they'll win their final two home meetings against Sheffield and Kings Lynn and then uh, they can look ahead to uh, the playoffs and select uh, their choice of opponents. I don't feel that they will pick Bellevue. Bellevue are the only team to go to the showground and win this season. Uh, so I think it's between Wolverhampton and Sheffield that Peterborough will pick. But it's a fantastic story. We make this joke of the, the, the jest label of, of Dad's Army, don't we? Um, but when you look at the team as well, they've, they've raced against each other for 20 years. They've raced with each other. Bomber and Scott had wonderful times together at uh, Coventry. you know, And you can see the respect amongst the riders with Biani and, and uh, Hans and uh, Scott and... Um, Chris Harris, of course, as well. Uh, the, the younger generation coming in at the at the rising star, Drew Kemp, did a pretty good job for Jordan Payne, in a thought. And they were very good. How do Wolverhampton bounce back from this? Well, um, you have to have all seven riders performing. Uh, if they do that in the playoffs, if it is Peter Brevy, Sheffield and Bellevue, Wolverhampton, I believe Wolverhampton have got every chance over two legs against Bellevue. So it's not... A lost cause, despite their first home defeat of the season. It's bad timing to get it in your final home league meeting. Peter Adams has always said it's all about timing. 
It's all about the timing of coming into top form and Wolves have just lost for the first time at home this season. So that is something that they will be disappointed about. But for sure, um, it was a tremendous performance from Peterborough. Um, and I really enjoyed hosting and commentating the, the, the meeting. It was great. Um, and we're back at Peterborough next Monday. Uh, Abby will be back off holidays. So you've got Abby back uh, on the team next Monday night, which is great. Kelvin and me again talking you through the action. And uh, we really enjoyed uh, Wolverhampton last night. We thought it was nice and close, a tense battle. And hopefully it was a good watch for everybody at home um, enjoying the action on Eurosport. So the next Eurosport broadcast is next Monday. It is Peterborough against Sheffield. If Peterborough gets something from Ollerton on Thursday, then next Monday could be the night. If they get four points at, uh, at uh, Sheffield on uh, Thursday or even three, then next Monday could be the night when we see Peterborough confirmed as league leaders. So a big night ahead. That's the next Eurosport broadcast at 7.30 next Monday night. As Nigel Pearson on No Breaks, No Fear. Peter Fasena of the Glasgow Tigers is with us throughout this episode. And um, Peter, now with that result and with Peterborough having those three matches in hand over Bellevue, um, it is going to be um, really theirs to lose now, you'd think, that top spot. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was, it was a good meeting last night and, you know, it's really a, a tale of the reserves, you know, in terms of Wolverhampton. I think the reserves got five plus one and, and Peterborough 16 plus two. So that's that's where the match was won and lost. You know, a couple of Peterborough riders didn't even have good nights in terms of uh, Scott and Bjarne. But, you know, with having hands at reserve and having a uh, having, uh, bomber, you know, and the team who, who goes well in most places, it, it, that's really the where, where, where it made a difference. And I think you're right, I think it's now in Peterborough's hands. But as we've seen through through both leagues, really, uh, anyone can win or lose home or away this season. You know, I think we've seen that uh, more than anywhere. Only only um, Poole haven't lost at home. Um, so anything can happen, really, but it's very much in Peterborough's hands now in terms of you know making sure that they finish, finish top. Well, let's hear from the top scorer for the Panthers on the night with 15 points from six rides. Here's Chris Harris speaking with Ryan Guest. Well, Chris Harris, you knew what you got to do when you came here at Wolverhampton tonight and a, a real classy team win means the tabletop in hopes are still alive. Yeah, we knew Yeah, a result here would help. Um, you know, we weren't thinking too much about it. We just know that just keep plodding on what we're doing. So, um, yeah, great team, great team uh, performance again. Yeah, this was Wolves' uh, last meeting before the playoffs as well. So to come here and uh, end their unbeaten home record, how much of a psychological blow to them could that be? Yeah, it might be a little bit, but you know they're, they're good riders as well, so they won't think too much about it. To be fair, they look at it and think we've got a good side as well. So um, you know they'll regroup, I'm sure, for the playoffs and um, be watching what we do over the next three meetings to see how the table finishes. Yeah, this was something you threatened last time you were here, not so long back as well, wasn't it, by the Panthers? Yeah, we pushed them hard last time, so. Um, I had an okay meeting, a better one tonight. So, um, yeah, Bjarne struggled a little bit tonight, but the rest of us all picked up. So, you know, when all seven, six of us all, you know, click, you know, we some team might uh, get a few points. You mentioned yourself individually there as well. You've obviously had some uh, memorable displays here at Monmore down the years. Winning five of your six races in the style you did tonight, is that one of your best ever? Yeah, I felt good. I was just disappointed in my, I my second moment up running that last, but just didn't make the gate and it was uh, just riding it wrong but yeah no the bike was working well I felt good so 
yeah, hopefully we can continue up to the end of the season. Yeah, three big fixtures coming up now before the playoffs, uh, away and at home to Sheffield, rounding off at home to Kings Lynn as well. And like you say, uh, a chance to, to top the table and get your choice of opponents in the semi-finals. Yeah, like I said, we'll go Thursday and see how that goes and then we'll worry about next week, next, the home ones next. So, uh, yeah, but like say we'll just take it as it comes and uh, enjoy it. Well done tonight to you and the team, Bomber. Okay, thank you. It's Chris Harris speaking with Ryan Guest. Uh, Peter Fasena of the Glasgow Tigers is with us. Um, Chris Harris is a rider who has ridden for the Glasgow Tigers in the past and really that experience is um, is really coming to the fore now for the Panthers, isn't it? And really starting to tell. Absolutely. And the fact that, you know, they have been been there for so long they know all the circuits well that you know it's not like they're going to any new tracks and going well I'm not sure here you know they'll have the setups dialed in before they go obviously track conditions will be different sometimes but you know they've got that vast experience and as you said it's it's a real strength when someone can drop a reserve we saw that with uh, Workington again in the championship in 2018 when they you know they won all three cups um, and that was really from this setup similar you know they always had a really strong rider as one of the reserves so you know, we've seen we've seen that and the fact that Ulrich was so good at the start of the season, you know, put three points in his average, you know, they can all take one of his rides as well. So, you know, it's proving to be a real a real strong team and real strength and depth. Well, let's hear from a rider who's no stranger to Scottish audiences. Sam Masters was the top scorer for Wolves on twelve. And he's suggesting that a kick up the backside at this stage of the season might not be a bad thing. He's been speaking with Ryan Guest. We're not too worried really. I remember when we, we won the league in two thousand sixteen, Bellevue came here just couple of weeks before the playoffs and give us a bit of a spanking at home and when the final came here we beat them by 18 so it's probably a good thing and kick us up the backside to keep on top of things really yeah i was going to say um it's so important to, to kind of reset now isn't it yeah that's right we and like we didn't have a full team i know they don't but they haven't for half the season so they're used to it we're not um we're just gonna yeah regroup we know what we need to do I had a bit of a trouble with the, with the engines. Um, didn't actually ride the one that I've been riding here all year, so at least I know that now. Yeah. How much of a, a blow was it uh, to be without Rory both on and off track tonight? Yeah, he's just such a big help, like, just to be here, really. Um, his points obviously help on the track, but his knowledge in the pits is incredible too. So, yeah, we missed that a little bit. Um, and uh, I'm sure he was watching on the telly tonight and he can tell us where we went wrong. Yeah, it's obviously out of the club's hands now whether you finish uh, top of the regular standings or not and get the pick. Uh, nevertheless, you've shown over the course of the season that, that you can beat anyone in this league over two legs. Yeah, for sure. We've been good at home and away everywhere, really. Um, so we're not really worried. In fact, I think... I'm, I'm got, hopefully we don't have the choice in... in I don't really care who, who we have. Better to be given someone and just deal with it. There's Sam Masters speaking with Ryan Guest after that defeat against Peterborough at Monmore. Peter Fasena is with us throughout this episode. Peter, um, do you agree with that from Sam that, uh, you know, kick up the backside at this stage of the season? They've been undefeated at home throughout the season, of course, and um, and now for that defeat to come. Is that the right time for a defeat if you're going to have one? Because not a lot rides on it. And, uh, and of course, gives you that reminder before you get into the the knockout section of the season yeah sometimes it is a good thing because you need to kind of check yourselves again and say right we need to go again here we're not as we're not as invincible as you say or as infallible as, as they maybe have been I think they missed Rory you know okay he's RR got 8 points which is good but I think they miss his influence in the pits as, as captain and um, you know I think Brock Brock had a, an off night for Brock and he uh, rides for us as well in the championship and you know Brock will bounce back he's actually been in really good form so 
Um, I don't think anything's lost. I think, you know, Peter Adams is clearly a very astute and experienced manager. And I think uh, despite this uh, result, they will still go in full of confidence to their to their to the playoffs. Let's hear the thoughts then of the two managers. Peter Adams in a moment and first here's Rob Lyon. Tremendous team effort, you know, at some stage or other. Everyone chipped in with uh, with some vital points. Um, you know, so uh, strange really looking at the score chart. Um, ten race winners. But one or two, you know, one or two last places, one or two boys did struggle, but they still chipped in with the odd point here and there, which was vital at the end of the day. Yeah, vital at the end of the day. Um, mentioned how this was Wolves' uh, last fixture before the, the playoffs as well. Psychologically, uh, how much could that play an advantage going into that uh, business end? Uh, I wouldn't put too much emphasis on that, if I'm honest, because, you know, Wolves are a, undoubtedly a good side. They haven't been top of the league for a good part of the season for no reason. And, um, you know, they just had... They were just off it slightly tonight. Um, yeah, great result. Yeah, and it does put you in a, a real nice position now, knowing um, it's in your hands to, to finish top of the Premiership standings and, and get the choice of opponents in the semi-finals. Yeah, I've got to sit down and work out what we where we're at and what we need to do. I think we're pretty much certain what we need to do, but I just need to make sure. But yeah, it, it is in our hands. And I just just said to to Brando, it's not. Yeah, it's great. It's nice. It's nice to be able to be in that position where it's in our destiny. We've still got a long way to go. We've still got to go to Sheffield. We've still got two home meetings. If we manage to pull it off, it's great. But then we all start again anyway. So all it really does is give you, you know, a bit of kudos for finishing top and having choice of dates and playoff opponents. But after that, it's back to square one again. Peter, that was a, a gripping speedway match. It was very, very intense. I, I don't, we've seen one as intense as that here this season. Well, it was always going to be a, a close affair, you know, but it's... Um, Disappointing to lose, not you know particularly for what it might mean in the playoffs for us, but uh, we were very um, protective of our unbeaten home record here this season. So to trip at the final hurdle is hard to take, you know. But they're a very good team. You've got a, a, a little bit of a pause now while you wait and see what happens, I suppose. Yeah, it's um, it's in Peterborough's hands now. You know, they they uh, can catch us now. I've no doubt at all that they will, and then we have to wait and see where, you know, where they want to go in uh, in the semi-final. And we'll have to pick up the pieces instead of uh, in being in control of the situation, which we would have been had we won here. I must say, the crowd here have really taken to Leon Flint. Oh, and it was a, if the being the rising star, he's about learning. That was a pretty tough curve, but he throws himself courageously into it. No wonder the fans like him. Yeah, he rides with his heart very much on his sleeve, and um, the crowd love him, as you say, but some very, very difficult races for him sure. here tonight. You know, these are class opponents, and he's not at that level yet. But um, as you say, he's learning, you know, every, every lap, and... Um, I'm sure he'll be a very bright star in the future. Yeah, well, you can only get to be at that level by taking them on, I suppose. Yeah, you learn far more by following better riders than you than you do by beating nobody. So, uh, no, he's learning all the time, and he hasn't quite mastered this track yet, but he will with practice and 
hopefully it'll be in our colours for a long time to come. There's Peter Adams there speaking after that defeat for Wolves against Peterborough. And incidentally, we will hear from Leon Flint before the end of this podcast because he's lining up in the Under-19 Championship this Friday at Scunthorpe. Let's turn our attention right now to the National Speedway Stadium. Bellevue were in action against Kings Lynn. Bellevue 49, Kings Lynn 41, the final score. And it was watched by Dave Rowe. Well, Bellevue completed their regular Premiership campaign with a 49-41 victory over Kings Lynn at the National Speedway Stadium. Dan Bewey scoring a fabulous 15-point maximum, whether from the gate or from behind. Bewey was in charge, and he twice passed Craig Cook in the closing part of the meeting to get the better of the Stars guest at number one and ensure the visitors would go home with nothing. Kings Lynn certainly had a rising star reserve in form. Connor Mountain was fantastic with 13 paid 15 from seven rides. His best ever Premiership display. Three race wins for Mountain and two successes over home star Brady Kurtz within that schedule. Mountain and Casper Anderson uh, did put Kings Lynn into an early lead, 8-4 with a 5-1 in Heat 2. Bellevue hit back straight away with maximum points of Steve Worrell and Charles Wright, both passed Eric Riss in Heat 3. And it was 2-5-1 from the Dan Bewley-Giant Etheridge combination in Heat 6 and 10, which began to bring Bellevue clear. And then in race number 11, Tom Brennan repassed Ben Barker for third spot as the home side went 10 points in front. That league was pegged in Heat 12 and 13. Bewley passing Cook in 13 after an early battle with Mountain who had come in after Thomas Jorgensen had broken the tapes but Kings Lynn kept in touch for a league point in Heat 14 all four riders in contention there with Mountain coming out on top over Brennan with Louis Kerr in third place to make it 46-38 the league point looked on for Kings Lynn in Heat 15 with Cook out in front and Thomas Jorgensen in third place but Bewley wasn't to be denied he swept through at the end of lap 3 to go past Cook and that was a shared race to leave Kings Lynn just short of a league point so 15 for Bewley 10 plus 1 for an informed Steve Worrell and 6 plus 2 from Jai Etheridge who'll drop back to reserve on the reintroduction of Richie Worrell into the Bellevue team that will come in time for the playoffs so they could well be stronger when it comes to those crucial matches in a couple of weeks time and for Kingsley plenty of encouragement plenty of battling especially that 13 pay 15 from Connor Mountain but no reward at the end of the night they complete their season with away trips to Sheffield and also to Peterborough final score then Bellevue 49 Kingsley 49 there's Dave Rowe, um, who was watching that match last night at the National Speedway Stadium. We'll hear from Mark Lemon and Connor Mountain shortly. First of all, Peter Fasena of the Glasgow Tigers is with us through the episode. And uh, last night, another strong night for that man, Dan Bewley, with a 15-point maximum. Yeah, I mean, Dan's just got so much talent. You know, I heard, I didn't see the races, but, you know, apparently the race with uh, twice with Craig was, was phenomenal racing. And, um, you know, he's clearly, you know, in the playoff final in, in Poland and, are probably the favourites to win that. So um, it's really going to be a difficult decision uh, who the British Speedway Nations team are going to be <laughs> going into uh, going into that in Manchester. It's got three riders to choose from for the for the senior spots. But you know, clearly on form rider, you know, kind of uh, untouchable really around Bellevue, and um, it sounds like it was a, a good meeting with some good races. Let's hear from the director of Speedway at Bellevue then. Here's Mark Lemon speaking with Dave Rowe. When Dan Beer is riding like that, it doesn't matter if he makes the gate or doesn't make the gate, he's going to come through. That was fantastic to watch. Yeah, no, exactly. We kind of knew that probably gate two was better tonight. And uh, we went for sort of more of a team approach than the last one. And um, it worked out quite well for him, but uh, not so much for Steve Wall, who before that was riding exceptionally well. But Dan, you know, like I said, he's been on fire, loves his place, and he's so good to watch. Your team obviously will get stronger in the playoffs because you have Richard to come back in a couple of weeks' time. That takes you back to your, your 1-7 to seven and it uh, moves Jai back to reserve. 
Yeah, it's quite pleasing to know that you know, Rich has come back um, from injury and he's, he's, you know, he's not 100% fit, but he's back scoring points for Edinburgh. Um, and hopefully he'll build his comps up over the next couple of weeks. And obviously slot back straight into the team. So we're back, like I said, at the, the original 1-7. Yeah, we went into the season at the start, favourites. And uh, you know, obviously there's a, seems like a little bit of work to do, but uh, I feel quite confident in the boys. I still have the belief in the boys they can do it. And I'm delighted to have the 1-7 back. What we don't know yet is who you're going to face in the semi-finals and we don't know who's going to come top yet because Peterborough have upset everyone by winning at Wolves tonight so that leaves it all still open and you're going to have to wait for a week or so. I don't mind waiting at all. You know, um, it's, it's obviously, you know, Peterborough is riding a press of a wave at the moment, you know, on the hands hands and reserve, you know, sort of makes life a bit easier for them. Uh, they've been solid all year, to be fair. We, we, we beat them down there at Peterborough uh, twice, um, so I, I'm not sure they're going to want to pick us, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting who, who does finish off. Um, obviously, it, you know, throws it wide open right now, but whoever it's going to be for us, we're in the playoffs, it doesn't matter. You've got to go there and you've got to win the average over the first semi final to make the final, so we're not really bothered who our position is. Mark Lemon speaking with Dave Rowe. You, um, with Glasgow, Peter, share um, one rider of, from Bellevue, and that's um, Tom Brennan, who's now part of your lineup. And uh, I know that you've previously spoken, people might have seen it in the Speedway Star, how you heard Tom Brennan on this podcast um, a, a few months ago, and, and you're impressed with um, how he spoke and, um, and, of course, all the support he's got behind him and uh, the fact that he's a, a really good rider as well. And it was that that really convinced you to to sign Tom and um, and now he's part of your lineup. Absolutely. No, I was really impressed with Tom, first of all, when he came up to the FIM meeting, you know, that, that race where he, he managed to beat Chris Holder, which was phenomenal. And then, you know, even just a, a quick chat with him then, I could tell, you know, he's very professional, he's very articulate, he's, he speaks well. And as you say, he's really well backed and knows, knows what he wants. Um, you know, was, uh, beats himself up when he doesn't do well, especially when he, he made our deb- uh, debut for, for Glasgow the, uh, the other week. Um, but, you know, very impressive. Clearly uh, had a really good uh, meeting for the under 21. And um, I think he'll just keep progressing. Uh, his career will keep progressing. And I think he, he's got all the potential to go all the way to the top in the sport. And you see Tom Brennan as, as part of your plans long term as well, not just for the rest of this season. Absolutely. That's what we'd love. I know Tom's keen for that. I mean, um, the only thing is scoring 20 points in Poland. I think there'll be a few a few people that'll be quite keen over there to, uh, <laughs> yeah, good point. to, get, to, to get their hands <laughs> into Tom. So, you know, we need to make sure we keep, uh, we keep Tom on the British shores as, as long as we can. Um, and that... Uh, you know, certainly we want that relationship with Tom. He loves he loves uh, our, our track. You know, I think he'd, he'd done his time at Eastbourne. It's a very different track to, to Glasgow. You know, he, he likes Bellevue. And I think, you know, Tom would probably say by his own admission that his, his, his form at Bellevue has been a bit indifferent. It's a different kind of track in terms of, you know, it's full gas the whole way rather than technical turning the bike. Um, and I think I think that's good that Tom's got that. It means that, that when he goes to a way, whether it's Wolverhampton or whether it's Edinburgh in our league or whatever, He's got the ability to change his riding style to, to suit the track. Well, let's hear from another rising star in the Premier League then. And um, the opposite team of Tom Brennan last night was Connor Mountain, who was top scorer for the Kingsland Stars, actually putting away his best ever score of 13 plus two in the Premiership. And he's been speaking with Dave Rowe. Yeah, it's been a real cool night. Um, always love coming here. Um, yeah, it's a funny track. You obviously, some nights you can go really well and others you just struggle all night but um, no it's a uh, yeah, really enjoyable night tonight to beat Brady Kurtz twice and 
Well, that race with, with Dan Bewley, where I thought you were going to have carnage on the first bay, and what went on there? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Keep 13 was a close race between us all, and uh, yeah, I had some decent speed down the inside, and I don't think Dan was expecting me to be there. And uh, Yeah, we just touched a little bit um, going into turn one, but no, it was cool racing all night, and um, yeah, really enjoyed it. And that's like Heat 14, and again, all four were really close. I don't know how much you can see when you're out front, but everyone was swapping places. It's just great racing when it's like that. Yeah, definitely, yeah. It's uh, probably the best racetrack in the country. Um, yeah, and it's really fun, and uh, yeah, Louis helped me out a bit. He was sort of pushing me into the dirt, and uh, yeah, got going then. And um, yeah, then Tom was there the next minute. It, um, yeah, it's an exciting race, um, but yeah, I enjoyed everyone. How do you feel overall? Obviously, it's been up and down. Team have had a really tough time. Have you learned this year? Or you, you feel you've made progress? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, it's been a bit tough with Kings in. Um, like you say, they've been a bit up and down, but yeah, it's just. Uh, to end the season on well, like having a good night like this is what we can do now yeah um, obviously we can't make the playoffs so we just enjoy every meeting and um yeah just learn from it do you sort of whet your appetite for coming back and doing top league again next year hopefully yeah 100 percent. obviously it's, uh, it's what you need to be doing racing both leagues in uh, britain and um yeah that's definitely what i want to be doing there's connor mountain speaking after getting his best ever score in the premiership um regardless of which teams are involved it is great peter isn't it that we've got so much british talent now it's been long talked about that we've got these um, new stars coming through the system and, and we are now starting to see them we've mentioned tom already and we've mentioned leon Flint and, and Connor Mountain, uh, another one now, and uh, grateful fans um, right across the country to see this young talent at, at tracks near them. Definitely, it's important that we uh, we do develop British youth as we as we come through because we, you know, it's, it's well talked about. You know, the amount of doubling up we have, we don't have enough riders. So, the more the more homegrown talent that we can have, the better. And you know, even a level down from that, there's a lot of really talented uh, younger kids coming through now. So I think, and you know seven, eight years time from now, even maybe not as much, five years from now, we'll be in a really, really strong position with the amount of youth that's coming through at the next level as well. And we'll hear from Drew Kemp and Leon Flint ahead of that British under-19 final at Scunthorpe this Friday later in the show. There's more Premiership action on Thursday as Sheffield host Peterborough, followed by the return on Monday, which will be the fixture which will be live on Eurosport next week. Crucial, of course, in deciding who's going to finish top of the Premiership with Peterborough having those three matches in hand. Let's hear from Jack Holder of the Sheffield Tigers. He's been speaking with Phil Lanning. To be elevated to being a, the spearhead of a side there's more responsibility for you do you feel that's something you've, you've clearly taken on well points wise but it's something you, you like on your shoulders you like that bit of extra yeah mate it doesn't doesn't worry me too much um, we're aiming on the team but uh, yeah it's always a privilege to be number one for the top league side um, so yeah I'm just doing my job and trying to get the boys fired up so we can all do our jobs and yeah, win tonight especially Individually, obviously you, you've not made it through to the Grand Prix. Is it important for you to take baby steps to get that place or, or to stop, stop yourself having too much expectation? Or do you go, I just want to get there and, and move on and progress? Yeah, you know, I'm, I think I'm ready. Um, I've had a little taste of it and, you know, it's something I can't handle. Um, you know, I, had, I did the two at Coral last year and there's more nerves than ever, anything. Um, you know, I wanted to obviously do really good, but, um, you know, sometimes... I try a little bit too hard, but um, no, you know, I held my ground, I did myself proud, and um, yeah, it just wasn't my time this year, I'm, I was pretty, I'm really bummed about it, but um, what do you mean? Just finally, 
overall, big picture, you're happy where Jack Holder is. It's been the, the last couple of years, he's sort of come out of your comfort zone a bit. A great deal. You were at Ball and Somerset, it's all that, it's all bit, a bit much like you in the second tier still. Yeah. You know? Now you're at Torrent, Sheffield, you're a spearhead, and you're on the verge of Grand Prix. And do you, are you happy where you're at? Are you happy yeah. within yourself? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I just, I just want to be in that Grand Prix because I, I know I'm good enough for it. Well, you stay told you think yeah. you will, so that's yeah. good to have that consistency. And would you, yeah. uh, it's a hard question, would you stay at Sheffield if the, if the opportunity comes up? Yeah, but it's a long time in Britain. Exactly, mate. It's hard to say what um, Holland are doing, you know, they take priority in there, <laughs> making all these rules, you know, so um, yeah, it's hard to say, but yeah, of course I want to I wanna live in England, so... Hopefully seeing Jack Holder back here on these shores next year, then fingers crossed. Um, for Sheffield fans, not a right lot riding on this fixture, but for Peterborough, have vital importance if they're to finish the top of the Premiership table and have that choice of who they face in the playoffs. Um, it's going to be a big five days for Peterborough fans, isn't it, Peter, with this fixture? First away at, um, at Sheffield, where they've already won once this season and then uh, back in front of the TV cameras on Monday night on their home track. Absolutely. I mean, if uh, you know they've got two two home fixtures and, and this away fixture on Thursday, so if they pick up something on on Thursday at Sheffield, then it's, it's totally within their own hands. Win win the last two home fixtures and and they finish top. So, yeah, but as I said, you know Sheffield are a good team as well. You know Troy Batchelors now seems to be kicking on and coming into a bit of form that that wasn't there at the start of the season. So, you know who who knows what will happen. You know anyone can take points off anyone. I think. And finally, for this section, is the Premiership. Um, on the agenda for the Glasgow Tigers, it's been said by a number of people over the uh, over the year, really, that um, a team like yours, a team as successful as yours, um, with a stadium like yours, uh, with the presentation, the branding that you have, the way that you put yourself across, you know, would be a great addition to that league. Is it something that's on your your agenda and your minds potentially for the future? It's something we would consider. There's a lot there's a lot going on in the mix just now in terms of behind the scenes discussions about um what next year is going to look like. You know, clearly there are um the doubling up challenges that we've got. You know, a lot of people say to me, will it be one big league? Will it be one big league? But ultimately just now there aren't enough riders for it to be one big league. Um, you know, race night's something that's important to us. You know, having to go to the uh, ISLB race nights on Mondays or Thursdays is something we would have to consider. Uh, we would need to look at, you know, what additional income came from television against, you know, paying riders more. And that's the kind of ironic thing for me that basically it's the same riders, but they get paid more when they when they ride for the top league. And because that's the case, you know, it's not necessarily going to grow our fan our fan base. It's just going to grow your your outgoing expenses. Um, so we need to basically put the whole thing into a mix and say, well, what's the additional revenue from TV? What's the additional outgoings in terms of to to keep the same riders or to get you know even top riders? But you know, we we've not won the championship yet under under uh, certainly our family haven't won. You know, the last time Glasgow won was two thousand and eleven. So you know, that's something we want to do before we consider you know going going to a different league. But there certainly would be a lot to consider. We, we're, we're pretty happy with where we are now, but ultimately we'll see what comes out in the wash uh, before the end of the season in terms of how it's going to look 
uh, next year. Peter Fasena, director at Glasgow Tigers, with us throughout this episode of No Breaks, No Fear. And it's to the championship that we turn our focus next. And we'll talk about a bit of what it's like to run a speedway club, the things that you have to do as a promoter to try and get people through the gates and, um, and really make it exciting and make the whole sport an experience. We'll talk more about that. And of course, um, it's a key week for Glasgow as well because they face up to Leicester. Leicester have got Redcar and Glasgow to race against uh, heading in towards this weekend and that is going to decide um, who automatically qualifies for the championship semi-finals you fancy so we'll speak more about that in the next part of No Breaks No Fear No Breaks No Fear the official British Speedway podcast Welcome along. I'm Ian Brannan. In this week's episode, we're joined by Peter Fasena, who's the boss of the Glasgow Tigers. And um, it's a big week for the championship. I'll just explain how the playoffs work in the championship, if you're not aware, because it's the top six who qualify in the ta- championship, unlike the premiership, where it's the top four. But also unlike the premiership, the top two go automatically through to the semi-finals. So if you finish third, fourth, fifth or sixth, you race an extra meeting to decide who goes through to the semi-finals. So, of course, um, there are some teams who can make that second spot. Pool are already guaranteed to be one of the uh, one of the top two, and um, it's between Redcar, Glasgow, and Leicester. And Leicester race against guess who? Redcar and Glasgow uh, heading in towards this weekend. Redcar on Friday and Glasgow on Sunday. So we're going to talk more about that very soon, and we'll hear from Ryan Douglas of Leicester as well ahead of that fixture. But first, um, Peter, just want to talk about some of the things that you have to do as a promoter. I mean, it's a very difficult job being a promoter. Uh, as we well know, there's lots of things that you have to consider, but not least, how do you vie for people's time to get them through the gates in the first place? There are so many distractions, so many ways now that you can spend your evening and and, and spend your money, of course, as well, some of which don't even involve leaving your house. Um, how do you compete with the various other forms of entertainment that there are and, and, and get people to experience Speedway and get them through the turnstiles. It is difficult. There is so much competition out there in terms of what else you can do with your time, as, as you say. Um, you know, I think social media has got a big part to play in it. You know, younger people tend to be on social media. Uh, we've certainly focused a lot on that since in our time at the club in terms of you know trying to hook people in. But it's not just about followers. It's about making sure that you advertise Speedway properly. You know, diehard fans will will come, uh, and you know they get it. But for new fans, it's it's things like showing people that you can have a drink because if you go to a football, as you as you know, um, you you can't drink during the during the match, and you know it's very restricted, and the crowd the crowds are segregated and everything. Um, but with Speedway, it is that family friendly atmosphere. You know, I think most clubs now have got a mascot, which I think you need. We do a kids race as well. Just and there's 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 families that get dragged back by their kid every week just to race against Rory the Tiger in our case, and I think most uh, most clubs now have mascots, and if they if they don't, I would I would certainly recommend they, that they do because we need to bring that next generation of, of of fans to Speedway. There's no doubt it is quite a, an elderly fan base throughout the country, so we need to do as much as we can to get a new kind of generation of supporters along that will hopefully get hooked at a young age, and then you know they will become the diehards as as we move forward. 
Yeah, word of mouth, they always say, is the, the best form of advertising, isn't it? And what about the, the sort of what you call maybe non-traditional ways of promoting the club? And we touched on um, the the social media aspect, but of course you're doing live streams as well, which um, a few clubs are now getting involved in. And, and you know, that is not an easy thing to, to set up and do well. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky thing to, to perfect. Um, and of course, the branding, it's, it's all about, you know, you've got all the clothes and the things that you can buy. Hats, scarves, shirts, yep. you know, yep. and, the, and the riders are always for Glasgow. Any of the social media, they're always decked out in the in the colours and things like that. So it's 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 getting your head around running a brand, I imagine, as, as well as it, the speed it is, and, it is, and it's something that when we came along to 2015, we didn't, we weren't, the club weren't great at that. You know, clearly they had to live within their means. To be fair to the people that were there, but you know, the devil is in the detail for me. You know, it's the riders will tell you. Um, you know, even if they go out. If we've won a match, if one of them's got their Kevlars tied around their waist, it's like, get your Kevlars on, we're taking one picture, we've got our sponsors. We always want to look really like a polished professional outfit that you would see in other sports. So, you know, again, if someone comes in track walk, you know, they have to be wearing the right gear uh, to make sure that we all look like a uniform team and that we are a team because Speedway is kind of unique that it's it's a team of indivi- it's a group of individuals that make a team the way the way the riders get paid as opposed to other other sports. So it's important that that you you do that to make sure that there is that team ethos in it and that you become a team and that you know it's a very professional looking outfit. You know the live stream was something that we'd been thinking about over the last few years, but just with the COVID restrictions, we were forced to bring it forward uh, much much quicker. Uh, it was successful at the start, as I say, it wasn't. We certainly didn't um, make the same amount of income as we would have with with fans in the stadium. Now the number of views have, have dwindled, and it's for us it's kind of breaking even because we do put an expense into it in terms of how we produce it. We believe that it is a, a real quality production with multiple cameras and commentary and everything else. Um, but hopefully, when we get to the playoff time, you know, we'll get those views back up with people, you know, other fans of other. Uh, clubs, you know, looking at that, and it's not just Glasgow. You know, you know, Edinburgh. I have to say, have really led the way uh, with with the, with the live streaming first and foremost. And you know, the Red Car now are going to stream their match on on Friday, which is good. I'll be watching that. So it's great that that Championship fans have got the the ability now to watch other fixtures, especially when when their own team isn't isn't racing on that night. Yeah, I'm commentating for the Red Car match actually on Friday as well, so uh, okay. it'll be an interesting uh, interesting <laughs> escapade. Um, but in 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 the rehearsals and things that they've done, it, it does look really smart, and I think it's. Um, it, and 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 certainly for Red Car, they've they've worked all season at trying to perfect what. Glasgow have been doing and what Edinburgh have been doing and uh, you know it's been a sort of a team effort and 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 they've really worked hard to make it look good I think it, it does look you know pretty smart and I, I'm, I yeah, hope that people I'm, enjoy it yeah I'm looking forward to seeing it and the good thing is again and you know what I would say is that the racing needs to be exciting red car it is they've got a really good track and mm-hmm. I think when you talk about clubs that are have maybe struggled. Um, the product has to be right. Ultimately, the product is you know four guys you know belting around the track racing each other, and you want to see passing. And I know you know maybe we're fortunate with the shape of Glasgow and how it's prepared and everything that we've got that. And I know some clubs that you have to deal with what the shape of your track is, um, but that's got to be key. The, the track preparation. You know we've seen we've seen over this season the amount of uh, challenges some tracks have had um, in terms of riders getting injured or the referee you know asking tracks to be modified it's it's important that the you know and 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 i know also to be fair some clubs they maybe don't have access to the stadium in the same way we do um that we can get on anytime 
but it's so important to the products, right, to bring new fans because if you bring new fans along and it's a race to the first corner, they're not going to be excited by that. They're going to go home and say, yeah, it was okay, it was loud, it was noisy, I liked the smell, but after the first bend, nothing happened. So mm. we need to try and do as much as we can to to make sure that, that the racing, that they are ultimately the product is good and that will bring in new fans. Well, it is a big weekend ahead um, and it involves... Glasgow, Redcar and particularly Leicester because uh, Leicester have got the probably the biggest of the weekends because they're on the road and they need the wins as they chase the top two finish as of course Glasgow are t- chasing that top two finish as well as our Redcar um, and uh, versus Redcar on Friday for Leicester and then at Glasgow on the Sunday um, it is all to play for and very very tight and this well it is all going to be sorted by the end of this weekend you'd, you'd think yeah yeah, I see um, Leicester's meeting at Kent tonight's been, been been postponed, unfortunately, with the weather. So that would have given us a steer to how Leicester were going to finish in that mm-hmm. first match because they clearly need to pick up some away points. But for us, you know, we've got two home fixtures left. We've got Leicester and we've got Birmingham. Um, if we win those two fixtures and assuming Redcar aren't able to win at Poole, then we should finish second. So that's what our focus is. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Other, other other results can go for us or go against us. And clearly with us winning our home two fixtures, it means that Leicester don't win that away fixture against Glasgow. Um, so we just need to wait and see how it plays out. You know, we just need to focus on making sure that we win our next two home fixtures. Sunday um, will certainly be a challenge. You know, Leicester are a very, very strong team. Um, you know, certainly the top four are very strong. Um, and it'll be a tough, a tough fixture. Um, but we, we look forward to it. We relish the challenge. Well, let's hear from one of the stars of the Leicester Lions. Ryan Douglas is fired up and ready for an exciting week ahead in the Championship. Well, yeah, obviously uh, the Championship action uh, coming thick and fast in the the business end of this season now. Saturday night against uh, Edinburgh, certainly a a hard-fought win for the team in the end. Yeah, it was. um, It was always a bit of a worry, them coming, like Sam and Pico's had a couple of goes there, and obviously Richie used to ride there, so it was always uh, a little bit tough on paper, but um, I think we'll pretty in control most of the meeting at the end there they they, they made it look a bit close than it probably was but um, no at the end of the day we're happy with that win and, and good confidence boost Kent away on Tuesday night uh, looking ahead to the weekend though it is going to be a, a crucial one when you look at the, the championship standings at the minute everyone knows now the uh, top two go straight through to the semi-finals third to sixth the quarter-finals and uh, away trips to Redcar on Friday and Glasgow on Sunday it is going to be a, a massive weekend for that quest yeah it is we need to pick up some points away if we want to finish in that top two especially at Redcar I think um we can get a win there it gives us a good chance and uh, I think we've got a team that, that can go well there so we're obviously looking to do that but um, yeah at the end of the day we, we just want to be in the playoffs and whatever happens happens yeah, it really has uh, shaped up to be an, an exciting championship campaign as well it's been uh, really competitive between those uh, top band of clubs hasn't it yeah I think it's definitely not uh, certain who's going to win this year there's probably four four or five clubs that can, can probably do it so it's um, yeah nothing's in, uh, been for sure yet but uh, I think we're we know we can be good enough if it, if it goes our way, so we'll just try and do our best and see what happens. Yeah, in between those two uh, big away meetings as well in the league, you've got a, a knockout cup uh, tie to look forward to back at Beaumont Park against uh, Poole as well. Um, obviously, it's going to be one hell of a, a clash anyway between those two sides, but when you consider what Poole did last time they came there in the league as well, that must set it up even more nicely. Yeah, they obviously got the double on us last time home and away, so we definitely want to change that and... Uh, at the end of the day, we, even in the normal league, we might have to go there against them again. So it'd be it'd be good to, to get a rematch against them now and, and see how we compare this time. But um, we're definitely looking to get the home win and, and be a lot more competitive away. 
Another great episode of Ryan on Ryan there with uh, Ryan Guest speaking to Ryan Douglas of the Leicester Lions. Leicester in action this week on um, Friday against Redcar and on Sunday against Glasgow. And um, by the time we get through the weekend, we'll know uh, a lot more about uh, how the championship playoffs are going to look. Peter Vicenna, the Glasgow Tigers boss, is with us. And um, Peter, once you get into the playoffs, though, it's uh, it's anybody's guess who's going to come out as the victors, isn't it, really? Because we know that any side on their they can beat each other absolutely um, you know and Edinburgh have definitely strengthened up so you know again they've got a real strong top end and their away form tends to have been better than their, their home form so you know now that Edinburgh have more or less def guaranteed the playoffs you know they could they could be the dark horse if you like they could be really strong lesser really strong Poole have been you know unbeatable at home so you know again a really strong, uh, strong top three Scunthorpe have been very strong at home uh, Red Car got riders that can win home and away so yeah, it could be very interesting. You know, I just hope that everyone gets through it. You know, all the riders stay fit and that it's, you know, it's a, a fair contest um, for everyone with their full team is the main thing. Well, Edinburgh Monarchs managed to get that win against Newcastle last weekend. They go to Birmingham next and um, they are all but assured uh, a place in the playoffs. You can't see them not qualifying now. It's not mathematically certain, but the chances of it going wrong at this stage, you'd uh, fancy are pretty slim. Let's hear from the Edinburgh Monarchs captain, Sam Masters. Um, He thinks that with the return of Richie Worrell, that they'll be a force to be reckoned with wherever they may get sent in the playoffs. We've been pretty good away anyway this year. Like We won down in Eastbourne. they're a pretty tough team. Um, we've, we've picked up points at Kent and other tracks like that where it's been tough. So um, we're actually probably better away, really, consistently than what we have been at home. So keep that going and that'll be good over two legs for us. You would have known how important it was to, to try and do everything to get the win at Newcastle with the season they've had. Um, obviously, you've touched upon how touch and go it was, but um, no disrespect to Newcastle and their top-end riders. When you did look at those last few races, must have fancied your chances to, to nicking it like you did in the end. Yeah, well, I wasn't really going too good uh, during the meeting there, and uh, we all actually started struggling at, at one point, but then um, I sort of got it dialled in at the end myself, and Richie was pretty good all night, really, so to have us in Heat 15 was was good and um, got the 5-1 and got the job done which was awesome and makes me a happy captain. Yeah and that was something you touched upon last week as well obviously um, it had been a, a, a tough few weeks without uh, Richie Worrell on the sidelines um, a, a positive impact on his return as well. Yeah he, straight away first heat at, at Edinburgh he passed Riss and um, I knew that's what we'd been missing you know so um, yeah he, he's, he's awesome to have back in the team and um yeah, it's we need that. We can't we can't just win with the the riders that we got. We need Richie because he's experienced and he's really good at every track. So um, we needed him and he's back now, which is good. And hopefully we, we can it stays that way. Well, Sam Masters there bigging up Richie Worrell, but um, not to say that Sam Masters isn't going to be the difference for the Edinburgh Monarchs. He's had a phenomenal year, hasn't he? Absolutely. Sam's a, a top top class rider and he's got brilliant backup from, from Richie and uh, Josh Pickering as well. Now, you know, in terms of whoever's in that Heat 15 home or away, you know, you've, you've got a real chance of getting a heat advantage. Um, you know, they have been really strong. Um, you know, I think they've, they've obviously struggled at the lower end of their team and they've made quite a few changes there and um, you know, it'll be interesting to see who they're able to use towards the end of the season. Uh, Anders Rose out now. I don't know how long Anders Rose out for. Um, and obviously the reserves would need to pick up three of Anders' rides. So it's going to be a key, uh, the guests that they use. 
between now and the end of the season. Obviously, they picked a very good one in Connor Bailey on Sunday, <laughs> uh, the Glasgow rider, to, to help them in Newcastle. Uh, but clearly, as you go into the playoffs, as you know, you can't use uh, guests from from the, the other teams that are in the playoffs. So it will, will be interesting, but certainly with the, with the top three they've got and you know, with that home track advantage, uh, they'll certainly be a force to be reckoned with. Well, let's uh, listen now to a chat with Bjarne Pedersen, who's been on a bit of a farewell tour of British Speedway, and he rode his last meeting at championship level for Plymouth against Glasgow last weekend. And here he is chatting with Ryan Guest. Well, yeah, on your return to British Speedway in uh, 2021, obviously decided to, to move into the championship with the Plymouth Gladiators. That season is now done in the second tier. How was it overall? I really enjoyed it. Was, uh, it was a great club to be a part of. Um, a little great club to, to be a part of. Uh, they've really done well this year, you know. They, they just come into the league for the first time and need to found a base. Uh, so I'm sure they got they got something to um, to build on from this, this year. Yeah, the Gladiators certainly grew stronger as the, the season went on. Um, particularly those home fixtures, though, uh, seem to seem to have plenty of last heat deciders to, to pile the pressure on yourself in 815. <laughs> yeah, there was plenty plenty time there where there was a lot heat decider. Um, I think that, you know, if you look uh, at the start of the season, Jason Mewo was taking most of all the points up in, in, in the team, so um, it was not too much to build around so when we get us um, what you saw the, the normal average uh, there was space to, to move a little bit around in the team and that make us stronger and then but uh, even that even before that you know we will start uh, winning some home meetings so uh, that was it was good, you know. There was there was a great atmosphere at this this little stadium. Yeah, you mentioned obviously there were a lot of riders in the team who were making their uh, debuts in British Speedway this year as well, and um, it was something you were looking forward to in, in helping them develop. And I think in the the final few weeks of the season, with the likes of uh, Dylan Rummel and, and Zach Cook in particular, started to see what they are capable of. Yeah, I think, you know we was uh, struggling a little bit in the start of the season, but I think after three home meetings, uh, the rest of the boy was start clinging in with. with some punt and and after that we will start winning home meetings so uh, they make a big difference and all like you know it is a small uh, tricky track down there so I think just everyone really just need to found the feet and and start from from there so uh, yeah I, th- I think everyone in the team really did well it was a great team to be a part of and it must have been uh, nice to go back to, to pool with the gladiators as well and uh, what a reception for yourself down at Wimborne Road yeah that was absolutely amazing uh, I, I, you know still a smile on my face for it I c- couldn't ask for any more I didn't expect that so uh, it was um, it probably take a bit of my racing focus head on uh, off uh, down there but uh, yeah that is always great to come back to pool yeah and just finally just as a, a summary of the the championship obviously it's a a much stronger second division in british speedway now isn't it yeah absolutely you know it's nearly you know it is the same right of what is in the top league at two to the second one over here so it's not any easy races uh, you need to give 100 percent to make a punch so uh, don't matter which league you're in there's biana pedersen now uh, his final appearance at championship level was at Peter Fasena's track, uh, Glasgow Tigers at Ashfield Stadium. Just a word about Bjarne, how great it's been to see him um, around some tracks that in, in some cases he's never been to before in his life. And uh, and for championship fans to be able to see a rider like that on their tracks has been fantastic this year. Absolutely. It's been brilliant to see him, you know, and, and when you watch him ride, you think, why why are you, why are you hanging up your, your boots at this point? Um, because... <laughs> 
you know, he's still got it absolutely. You know, when we were down at Plymouth, he was he was brilliant. He was he was their best rider uh, on Friday at Glasgow. Um, certainly looks fit. You know, always comes well prepared, very professional, and it's it's great for the fans to to see him one last time before before he does retire. Yeah, all the very best to Bjarne Pedersen. Of course, he could still win a league title yet with um, Peterborough Panthers, so he's not quite done in British Speedway just yet. Um, on the way then, more from Peter Fasena of the Glasgow Tigers on what it's like running a club, his advice for would-be promoters, and um, and also his hopes on how Speedway might look as we head in towards 2022. Stay around for that. And we're also going to preview uh, one of the other big meetings which is taking place this Friday, and that's the British Under-19 final at Scunthorpe, featuring a host of young stars, Dan Jilks, Anders Rowe, hopefully, uh, Drew Kemp and Leon Flint all involved and we'll hear from those two Drew Kemp who's the defending champion and Leon Flint next on No Breaks No Fear No Breaks No Fear the official British Speedway podcast Welcome back. I'm Ian Brannan. We're going to talk about the Under-19 Championship at Scunthorpe in a few moments. Peter Fasena of the Glasgow Tigers is with us. I just want to pick your mind really when it comes to team building, signing riders and, and, and that kind of side of Speedway. When you're first putting your team together at the start of the season, do you hope that that is the team that's going to see you all the way through the season? Or do you, for whatever reason, keep a few points up your sleeve, knowing that certain things may change within your team uh, in, in sort of how the, the riding order maybe is going to go? Or or hoping that um, you, can, you can swap riders out when you get to the playoffs like you are now and, and other riders have become available? How much is, uh, is strategy involved in this I think for us certainly for us that you know we built our team based on um, looking to have a strong reserve all season um, and we build a team you know at the start of the season that you want to have that team right through to the whole season you know clearly injuries play a part you know in, in 2019 Paul Stark got injured in the British final and that really impacted our our chances that year. This year, you know, Ulrich was was flying for us. I mean, Ulrich was uh, started off on a five ninety eight in the championship. Uh, he'd already gone up to a seven ninety six, but was actually riding to like I don't know eight point seven or something like that. So it was really difficult for us to to find a replacement for Ulrich. And uh, certainly, someone's in the UK, and as you've touched on with Brexit, it's a much more challenging now to bring a rider in from Europe in terms of you know the visa requirements, and you have to get an English test, a certificate of sponsorship. Uh, and then ultimately wait and get in the visa and there's additional costs for that because you now have to pay a healthcare surcharge so it is much more difficult now to bring a rider in from Europe who hasn't uh, ridden the UK before certainly or, or wasn't able to be one of the ones that got the, the frontier workers permit but you know we just um, we start off not really knowing how the riders are go you know but as you say it's it's very much riders who you think are you know on a, on a false average for what they either have achieved in the past or what we believe they've got the potential to achieve so ours was a mix of experience in terms of people who had, did have higher averages and also a mix of kind of youth people that we believed could come in and we're really going to get them at the right time where they took that big jump and you have made changes we've mentioned Tom Brennan already another one of course is Martian Novak as well who's recently joined you is coming from Poland um what are the other benefits of having a Polish rider? Because we saw um, that there was big support for uh, for Tobias Musilak in that FIM qualifier. What was the thinking behind bringing him in? Because there's not many Polish riders in 
our league, if, if any, really. Um, we've got the riders that ride in Poland, but he's one of the few actual Polish riders in the British League at the moment. No, I think for us, you know, there was, there was huge support, as you say, at the FIM event for uh, Tobias Michalak, who, who got a maximum that day. We do have a number of Polish fans that have always come to Glasgow, but certainly even on Friday there when Marson made his debut, um, they were much more vocal and much more noticeable. And that was part of the consideration when we decided to, to bring Marson in. It wasn't just about what Marson can bring on the track. It was about you know what, what, what it would bring uh, having a Polish rider, both in terms of the local community in Glasgow. We, we, as you say, we do have a big Polish community in Glasgow. And also with the live streams, you know, if we could we get more people uh, following the live or watching the live stream from abroad as well. So uh, we've set up a, a separate uh, Polish Facebook page for Glasgow Tigers. It's all in Polish. So that's kind of our, our one way that we are trying to attract more Polish fans to, to come to Glasgow. I guess Speedway is so accessible in Poland. You know, the the... the the ticket prices are much lower. You can watch it on TV whenever you want. So it's maybe some Polish fans think, well, I'm not going to pay 17, 20 pounds or whatever it is to watch Speedway in the UK. I don't know, but certainly they are great fans when you've got them because they are so vocal. Um, you know, they do really help create a brilliant atmosphere when you've got Polish fans in the stadium. Yeah, I know that from after the the FIM event because um, Phil Lanning was doing interviews with the with the guys on the t- the top three, and the the only thing that was a constant all the way through these interviews were these Polish guys that were shouting for twenty five thirty minutes afterwards. So it was still yeah. going. That was brilliant. It was really really good. And the more of that we can get, the better. Because that that's what you want. You want to create a, a really good atmosphere at the meetings, and I say that that's what will attract new fans to come back. And with that in mind, have you already got an idea roughly of where you may be? for next season as your team building already begun for for 2022 yeah i mean there's you know we we kind of we kind of make a, a when i say a short list i think a short list up to about 12 riders now <laughs> we keep saying you know that we've got an idea of you know who we would like to see in uh, in glasgow colors but at the moment there's so much up in the air in terms of you know what the points limit will be what the league structure will be that it's very difficult to put any firm plans in place uh, but we certainly um what of exciting team of racers uh, next year and you know we sit we'll set out like we do every year to win you know we, we've been consistent we've made the playoffs uh, every year since we've uh, had the club you know we've been in two or three finals uh, and we just want to want to keep going on that success and you know hopefully we can keep knocking on the door and the door will eventually open and uh, we can win that championship but certainly we will uh, we'll always come to tapes with an exciting team uh, that the fans can get behind. And we're about to talk about the the under nineteen scene. Um, as a, a club promoter, what's your scouting network like? How do you go around spotting the the next generation of talent from from all of the the junior leagues and and, and things that there are? Of course, you've got the national development league, but um, how do you keep your your ear to the ground and and find out about these these new exciting talents when they do become available? You hear, you you, you see the meetings, you see the results, you try and go where you can, but really. It's kind of National League 15 even before that, you know, the, in terms of the junior leagues. And, you know, we've got certain people that, that are much closer to that, that feed back to us, you know, and that was one of the ways we were able to get to get Connor Bailey uh, from Australia because we had um, contacts there that said, you know, there's a there's a, a young kid here that's doing very well. And fortunately, he had uh, British ancestry. His, his mum's born in, in Britain. So he was able to get a UK passport, which meant he was then qualified for the National League. And meant that at that point he was able to come in in a, a two-point average as opposed to if he'd been Australian, it would have been a, a four-point average. So, you know, you kind of keep your ear to the ground and, and you've got people that are close to, to me who are saying, well, have you thought about this chap or look at that chap? And then, yeah, you just see the results, you know. And there's young kids that, 
you know, certainly in our time at the club, you, you see them develop. So you see the Kyle Bickley's riding at Glasgow, you see the Leon Flints. So you know, you know, these kids are going to come through and, and, and be very powerful as they get older. The under-19 final is um, happening this weekend on Friday night at Scunthorpe. So if you're in the area, definitely want to, to check out because there's all sorts of talent on show there. The current champion is Drew Kemp. He's going for a third win on the bounce. And um, here he is speaking with Ryan Guest. Yeah, this Friday we try again with uh, the British under-19 final at Scunthorpe. Obviously, uh, something you want to make it uh, a third attempt of, um, successfully defending it for the for the past two occasions. Yeah, obviously I'm going in to win it this year and um, it's obviously at, at Scunthorpe now, which is obviously where I won it last year. So, so yeah, going in to win it and, you know, I'm trying not to put too much pressure on myself, really. It's important to to go and enjoy it, really, rather than overthink it and, uh, you know, mess up. So going in there with a, with a clear head and, um, you know, as though I haven't won it for the last two years, think that, you know, I've come second or something like that. So it's, it's not too bad. Yeah, nevertheless, um, it, it's always nice to, to add more and more to your, to your CV as early as you possibly can. Yeah, I don't think anyone's ever done it three years in a row, so it definitely would be nice to do be the first person to do that. So, um, yeah, it's always nice to add a title to your name and it's always nice to be to be British champion, especially after the year I've had this year. It hasn't been too good, so, um, yeah, that would really sort of, you know, give me, uh, give me hope and, and sort of tell me that the season wasn't as bad as, as what it has been. Yeah, as you've touched upon there, it hasn't uh, quite gone the way you've liked. Obviously, it was a, a difficult one with the way everything ended up with Ipswich in the Premiership, and then uh, everyone knows about the, the Eastbourne situation by now. So um, it, it must have been testing at times. Yeah, it has been pretty mentally challenging, and um, you know, it was pretty similar to what happened in 2019. And I feel like a lot of people, if if they had the season that I, I have been having, that you know maybe they would quit, but that's not me at the end of the day I'm a racer and I haven't been brought up to quit and I know what goals I want in Speedway and, and you know that's further down the line so I feel at the moment this is obviously all part of the learning process you know of teams wise and, and I've learned a lot this year you know mainly off track than, than off track with my decisions and, and what I've done so um, yeah I definitely think you know these last two years or, or three years even you know after last year it's going to be something that I really sort of is going to help me with my experience wise and um, and yeah hopefully progress further as a rider Drew Kemp there of course now um, of the Edinburgh Monarchs for the remainder of this season and he came so close to winning the under 21 title against your uh, your Tom Brennan as well he was in the final there and it came right down to the line he was that close and I know that that's his aim for next year but um, being the under 19 champion for a third time will still be um, a great accolade for his for his year won't it very impressive, yeah. No, he's uh, he's a good good rider, Drew. And if he hits the front, he's uh, he's very very hard to to catch. So you know it'll be it'll be an interesting uh, meeting on Friday, and you know with so much uh, youth, I suppose, and, and um, enthusiasm. And these meetings are always interesting. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's desperate to do well. So you uh, know it'll be an exciting meeting, and you know hopefully lots of people go along to watch it. And the families as well. I think it was the under twenty ones uh, when I was at Redcar for that that. Um, Drew Kemp and I was stood near Drew Kemp's mum and it was just watching her watching him going That's round and a different you know and, and willing him on and all this and you forget how much the families are invested in, in all of this yeah. it's not just the kids going off riding their bikes you know it's a full time job isn't it absolutely you know you know with the travel involved in Speedway you know especially before 
before some of these kids have got a driving license. It's the family that are, you know, leaving work early on a Friday or driving to Glasgow on a Saturday from the deepest down south, or we, we would say is down south. So, you know, absolutely, they're, they're all invested in it. So it's, it becomes very passionate. Um, another of the um, guys who's going for that title is Leon Flint, and um, he's been speaking with Ryan Guest as well. Well, yeah, Leon, uh, this Friday, second attempt at the uh, British Under-19 final. I know you were uh, a bit frustrated when it was uh, rained off at Mildenor, particularly uh, being one of the favourites and uh, with a, a win under your belt in your only ride of the day. Yeah, it was a bit gutted it got cancelled. Um, I mean, I don't really believe it should have been, but... Uh, um, yeah, still going into this one with the same attitude, plenty positive uh, thoughts going into it, and uh, yeah, we're aiming out to come away with a win. Yeah, like you say, um, we all know about what you what you achieved as a, a junior racer, won everything on the the British Youth Front. I now uh, guess it's uh, it's that dream to to finally put that uh, first major on a individual honour on the CV. Yeah, that's a plan. Um, just gonna go go there with. Uh, you know, mine try, try different things, um, and yeah, like I say, hopefully we'll come away with a big W. Yeah, um, obviously Drew Kemp, uh, reigning back-to-back champion, he won it at Scunthorpe as well last time, so um, he's certainly going to be uh, one of your main opponents in that. Yeah, I mean, you know, last year I didn't really have that much riding and stuff like that, um, but this year has been totally different. Plenty of meetings under my belt and uh, plenty of good results under my belt as well. So, you know, going in confident and, uh, yeah, we'll just have to see what happens. Leon Flint's had um, um, a, a really good year, I think. However, um, he goes on, on Friday night in the Under-19 final because he's become part of the GB team. He's got that place with Wolves um, and, of course, has had a great season with, with Berwick on a, on a personal level as well. And, um, again, another great example of, of progression through the, through the British system. Yeah, Leon's got so much potential. You know, I thought he, he rode really well last night. You know, I think he deserved more than than the four points that he got. And you've said that a couple of times that Leon he does he does give it everything. You know, and it was the same uh, down at Berwick on Saturday night when we were there. So, you know, I think again, Leon's a, a rider like Tom that I think has got all the potential to go to the, the very top of the sport. Let's have a look at the fixtures then for the week ahead. Um, Wednesday is your next speedway in the championship, Birmingham versus Edinburgh. Um, not a great deal riding on that one particularly, but Edinburgh could um, cement their place officially in the playoffs. Um, on Thursday, Sheffield versus Peterborough. Of course, we've mentioned that already, but that's going to be uh, one that Peterborough are desperate to win to, to close that gap on Wolves. Friday night, it's the British Under-19 final at Scunthorpe and also Redcar versus Leicester, which um, is a, a massive fixture and has a, an impact on, on Glasgow, depending on, on how that goes for that, for that second position. So um, you'll be watching that for um, more than just to see how the, the live stream goes. You've got a personal interest in that one. Yep, no, definitely. We'll be keeping keeping a close eye on that one. And over at Armadale, it's uh, National Development League, Armadale versus Kent. Saturday, Leicester versus Poole. Uh, that's in the Knockout Cup semi-final. That's the first leg of that. And British Youth Championships at Plymouth. And Sunday, Glasgow versus Leicester, which, um, again, we, need, we don't need to uh, big that up particularly, but um, that is going to be a, a, a huge evening at, um, at Ashfield. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Especially if uh, if Leicester can can win at Redcar on Friday, it makes it even it makes it even bigger. So yeah, it'll be a good meeting. It was obviously a replay of the the two thousand nineteen final. Um, 
So it'll be it'll be a really really good meeting. Good to see Hans Anderson at Glasgow again. He only did a couple of races there at the FIM qualifier in 2019. So it'll be good good to see him go, go around Glasgow as well. And you know again they've got riders. Nick Morris has been a Glasgow rider before. Um, so they've got riders that can ride our place really well. You know we're excited about our team now. You know we took a bit of a dip when we when we lost Dooley. Um, and now we've we've made some team changes. We're excited about Marson, uh, what what he can do. He had a brilliant debut at home last Friday. So so no, it should be it should be a good meeting. The other fixtures then: um, Newcastle versus Birmingham. We hope that that is not the the last meeting at Bruff Park. Um, we'll have to wait and see on that. But currently, that is going to be the the final meeting, certainly for this season and for this promotion. Um, if anybody is listening to this, I mean, there's lots of fans who will say, "Well, you know, why doesn't so and so run a speedway club? What are the uh, what are the sort of things to consider if you're if you're planning on taking over a speedway club? If um, as Newcastle is is up for sale, if there's anybody um, who's interested in having that conversation, what would be your advice in terms of um, the considerations that you should be um, looking at for for taking over a speedway team? Um, first of all, you need to have the passion for it. You need to know that it's it is. Uh, you need to be fully committed to it. We've got a team, so you know, in my role at Allied, I can't be fully committed to it, um, but we've got a team of people here, but it still is a lot of work. You're still constantly uh, busy uh, with it. I think that you need to make sure that, you know, if you're going to come to tapes, you need to make sure that you've got the finances there, that when you do your business plan, that you will be able to, you know, do the full season, you'll be able to pay your riders, you'll be able to pay whatever other expenses uh, that you've got. And, you know, get other people involved, you know, we don't have the monopoly on the ideas. You know, we've got one chap, Robert, now who looks after our social media and also has a role at Allied. But before that, when we first took over the club, even then I would I, I would say our social media was, was ahead of the game. And that was just volunteers. That was just people who were passionate, who understood it. Because let's be honest, it's you know the the average age of the promoters around the UK they're not we're not we're not young um you know in terms of your Instagram and Snapchat and all these things TikTok I think is probably a foreign language to a lot of people and you know hand the reins over to someone that can do that because that's people spend young people spend their time looking at looking at screens now um to get a good team around about you uh, understand how you're going to promote it you know get the merchandise all the things we've talked about all the things that can can give you that little bit of extra income um and just try and create something fresh and new and positive and and um, and promote it well. Have a have, have the track good so the racing's good. Um, you know, have a slick presentation because again, that's what will bring people back. So that that would be that'd be my advice. <laughs> um, hopefully, somebody can take that advice on and um, and bring some life to Newcastle because you know one of the great historic clubs really of, of British Speedway as well they've been around a, a very long time and it'd be a, a big miss to, to not have them involved no absolutely I think it's 90 years it's an anniversary so it's you know it'd be a shame for them not to not to run uh, next year or, or in future so hopefully someone can uh, pick up the mantle and, and take that forward the other fixture on Sunday, Mildenhall versus the ex-Mildenhall Fentigers, a challenge meeting on Sunday afternoon. And then back to Monday, Eurosport, and it all rides on the one between Peterborough and Sheffield, you would think, and uh, certainly going to be a nervous watch for Peter Adams, that one, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's going to be uh, an interesting an interesting fixture and see where, see where it ends up and then see uh, see who, who picks who, really, in the, in the, in the semi-finals. But... You know, as I say, I think all teams have been able to take points off each other. So no, no matter who you pick, it's it's, it's going to be a, a challenge because you know all teams have got riders capable of winning at each other's uh, each other's track. 
Well, there's lots to be sorted out over the next week. My thanks to Peter Fasena of the Glasgow Tigers for joining us. They've got a very busy weekend and um, lots going on across British Speedway. Keep up to date with all of it by following Speedway GB on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and online as well at speedwaygb.co.uk for all the fixtures, match reports and anything else you need to know will all be available there as well, including league tables and things like that. I'll be back with you next Tuesday at 8 o'clock. I'll also be with you if you're watching that Red Car Bears live stream on Friday night. Red Car versus Leicester, which is of huge importance to how things are going to pan out at the top of the Championship League. I know that Peter Fasena is going to be keeping a close eye on that one. And we'll join you next Tuesday for all the reaction to everything that's going to happen in British Speedway as we get to crunch time and the playoffs all being confirmed and those final positions sorted in the Championship and the Premiership. In the meantime, have a great week no breaks no fear is a nigel pearson media limited production for british speedway see you next week no breaks no fear the official british speedway podcast this podcast is part of the sport social podcast network sport social podcast network